0: Welcome to the Inspirational Living Podcast. Get the best of our podcast in heirloom hardcover or digital ebook by visiting InspirationalLifeLessons.com. Today's reading was edited and adapted from A Man Worthwhile by John Phillips Meakin, published in 1913. The all-important question for everyone to ask of themselves, if they have the slightest spark of intellectual ambition in them, is, how may I become a true individual? Then another question will well up from the soul. Namely, what can I do to make my life worth the living? The answer will be, look to the light, be true to your inner self. And have the faith of the poet who said, Better to strive and climb, And never reach the goal, Than to drift along with time, An aimless, worthless soul. I better to climb and fall, Or so, though the yield be small, Than to throw away, day after day, And never strive at all. If we cannot make life worth a living, beyond simply a material existence, it seems to me that there is but little purpose in all of life's worry and strife. Or in other words, if there is nothing to do or hope for but business, to eat, to drink, and to quarrel with others, as seemingly the majority of people do now, It's my estimation that to rest at once in death's embrace would be preferred, for surely under such conditions, with no progress to be made, the whole of human life would be but a monstrous blunder. Every man and woman, living or dead, would have been playing the part of a serious fool. Hope is the pillar of the world and this hope must be well defined in the heart of every individual, and with a worthy objective in view every day of our lives. These aims must be strengthened and encouraged continually by our highest ideals. For without ideals we surely drift like helmless vessels, without a beacon light either to warn or to cheer us on life's storm-tossed ocean. Justice Oliver Wendell Holmes says of ideals, They furnish us our perspective and open glimpses of the infinite. It is often a good thing that an ideal be unattainable, for its being so keeps forever before us something more to be done, and saves us from the tedium of a monotonous life. Let us then be careful in life as to how we act as to where we go, and as to what we do. For when the bells of memory are sounded in later years, the melody will either be a cheerful blessing, or a tolling curse. It is well that we should school ourselves in the problem of how to be men and women worthwhile, that we may conduct ourselves in honor, and for good, through all the dangers and difficulties, seen and unseen, so that we will reach in old age the sun-kissed hills of peace, happiness and contentment. Living is a fine art, and if life is worth anything at all, it is worth getting out of it all there is, driven by our noblest and highest aspirations. We should know something about everything, and everything about something. As the earth drinks the rain of heaven, so must we forever drink at the fountain of knowledge. Concentrate on one great idea or purpose, but understand and enjoy all of God's blessings, and thus have through life all the sources that contribute to the whole of a well-rounded character. The practical person, it seems to me, is the one who gets the most out of life, who sees a divine purpose in living, loving, helping, hoping, and contributing their part toward the redemption of humankind. In other words, in lifting them from under the curse of ignorance and caste, in broadening their vision in tuning their ears to the one great melody, the harmonies of life. It is the mind that maketh for good or ill, that maketh one wretched or happy, rich or poor. The great Charles Darwin in his youth was very fond of music, poetry, and painting, but he gave himself up entirely to science, the investigation of the species, And he lost his taste for music, poetry, and art. He wrote remorsefully in his declining years, if I had my life to live over again, I would have made a rule to read some poetry and listen to some music, at least once a week, for perhaps the parts of my brain now atrophied would have thus been kept active through use. If we do not use our best gifts and faculties, they will be lost by disuse, while we become simply a portion of our original self. By cultivation of our latent human qualities, we often become really another being while remaining the same person. The seeds of perfection are in every human being, as the perfect or symmetrical oak tree is in the acorn. Could we but fully realize the evil effects of wrongdoing? We could never be tempted to do wrong, any more than we could be persuaded to thrust our hands into the fire, or cast ourselves into the sea. Only the development of the higher faculties and sensibilities will annihilate evil and place our feet upon the path leading onward and upward. We must dispel the clouds of ignorance, destroy the baser appetites, develop ourselves. We are all sculptors, only instead of with mallet and chisel giving form to cold marble, we fashion of ourselves a living, breathing image, the outward form of an inward grace or the base resemblance of a distorted soul. Humanity has only struggled to its feet after being earthbound by the ignorance and superstition of the centuries. We, the individual sculptors, must set about the mighty task of strengthening our bent shoulders, opening our closed lids, and turning our groping hands toward the certain sunlight of a mighty truth. I may not reach what I pursue, yet I will keep on pursuing. Nothing is vain that I can do, for soul growth comes of doing. The most essential principle of all human life is honor, and it is to that which all virtues cling. Without honor justice is dethroned, and we but animals, and our fellow beings are prey. We often hear it said, honesty is the best policy. Honesty, however, is not a policy, but a part of nature's great universal law. The sun is honest. It rises in the east and sets in the west and at the proper time. The earth is honest. It revolves daily on its axis and with equal precision takes its yearly trip around the sun. The seasons are honest. They succeed each other in the same form forever. The flowers and plants are honest. They come to visit us in the proper season. Even the elements are honest. They warn us with freezing cold, or scorching heat, or threatening sky to take proper precautions against their extremes. Human beings, to be natural, to be healthy, to be happy, should be honest. If we are not, we must pay the penalty for breaking the law of the universe. Honor and integrity must be kept as pure and sacred in business and social relationships as in the family life. But suppose we should adopt a policy of being honest in our everyday life, irrespective of conscience and the satisfaction that a feeling of honesty invariably brings. I believe even then, the policy of honesty would be a winner. True one casts off a whole lot by being honest, but what do we cast off? Is it anything of real value? Is it anything but outside decorations, or in itself, anything but foolishness? People are dishonest because they do not listen to the angel voice of their better selves. The heavens open up to every person who keeps the key of intellectual power and honesty. If human life is not worth being honest, it is not worth anything.